It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Prepare yourselves for yet another historic day in the dangerous world of international politics. In about half an hour, we expect to hear from the Supreme Court as they give their ruling on whether Boris Johnson unlawfully prorogued Parliament earlier this month, which could potentially lead us into yet another cul-de-sac of democratic stagnation. No one knows what they will decide, but I'll say now that I fully expect them to come down on the side of the saboteurs and rule against the Prime Minister. But what happens then? Stay with us and we will explain everything as it happens before our very eyes. It's history in the making here on Talk Radio because we are now live uh, going to the Supreme Court to find out what the ruling is from the 11 judges on whether Parliament was illegally suspended. Let's check it out. The court is bound to conclude, therefore, that the decision to advise Her Majesty to prorogue Parliament was unlawful because it had the effect of frustrating or preventing the ability of Parliament to carry out its constitutional functions without reasonable justification. Now, I don't want you to call me Nostradamus, but I did predict this. You're listening to Lady Hale, who has just said that basically Boris Johnson broke the law when he prorogued Parliament. She says that he did it deliberately uh, to make sure that there was no possible uh, a way that his leaving of the European Union could be enacted without parliamentary procedures uh, being justified. She says uh, that he had no business going to Her Majesty the Queen. She says that the decision to prorogue Parliament was indeed unlawful because uh, it had the effect of frustrating or preventing without reasonable justification uh, the ability of Parliament to carry out its constitutional functions. Well, I'm sorry, Lady Hale. I think you've made a massive blunder. Uh, this is not a situation for the courts to sort out. This is indeed a situation for Parliament to sort out once it comes back on October the 14th. They have now risen uh, from their 11-judge uh, decision. Uh, and my belief is that this was always going to happen. I did say at the top of this hour, uh, as, if, as if I was very good at predicting these things, that they would find it unlawful. And I'll tell you why. Because if they didn't find it unlawful, they would find it very difficult to stop Boris Johnson from doing whatever he's got up his sleeve next. Now, it's going to go back to John Burko, the Speaker of the House, who we all know is a devout Remainer, as indeed it would seem are some of these judges, to basically put it back into his hands to say that he wants to recall Parliament on his own. 
It's an absolute mess. It's an absolute disgrace. It is, in my view, a prorogation of democracy. Uh, Andre Walker joins me this morning. Andre, um, an extraordinary decision. I have to say, uh, I'm going to congratulate myself and tip my hat to myself because I said this would happen. Not because it's real, not because it's legal, not because it's a decision made outside of the realm of politics, but because I knew that this is what they would do. Mike, let me introduce you to a phrase that's used in America so often, judicial overreach. Yes. They have problems in America with the Supreme Court. Remember, for, for hundreds of years, we did not have a Supreme Court. We had the law lords and it worked absolutely fine. Yeah. Then Tony Blair comes in and introduces the Supreme Court and creates exactly the same problems they have in America. These judges think that they're politicians. They want to run the country and they shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. It's an extraordinary state of affairs. We're going to go to Tom Brake in a moment, but just let me ask you this. Is it possible, constitutionally, um, for Boris Johnson to say, well, that's all very well, but since we're still in the EU, let's check it out with the European Court of Justice and appeal it. Well, we can absolutely do that, but I think that wouldn't happen for, for a number of practical reasons. <laughs> do you know what I think Boris Johnson needs to do? I think he needs to schedule, I don't know, a budget or Prime Minister's questions or something really important during Jeremy Corbyn's speech to Labour Party conference, just to completely wreck it. But remember this most important thing, Mike, more than anything else, look... Parliament had five weeks over summer to do something about Brexit. They did absolutely nothing. They're just doing this to mischief make. They're just doing this to stay in the European Union. It's a con. OK, let's go to Tom Brake, Lib Dems, uh, Brexit spokesperson. Tom, very good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Mike. Extraordinary times, I'd have to say. Would we not be uh, in agreement, at least on that? Yes, I think that's probably on what we can agree, Mike. Yes. Now, what about the fact that you and your uh, um, cohorts in Parliament have brought us to this point, this incredibly, you know, unheard of state of affairs, where the law lords are basically judging parliamentary procedure and basically putting a massive spanner in the works of a legally uh, held referendum which voted to leave the European Union? Well, I'm very proud that in the UK we have an independent judiciary. The UK <laughs> quite rightly challenges countries where the judiciary is simply linked to the government. We have an independent judiciary and they have ruled that the Prime Minister was completely out of order in proroguing Parliament. Well done, I say. Well, that's all very well, but it doesn't appear to those people who voted to leave the European Union that there is anything else going on in this country other than the prorogation of democracy. Because you guys have spent the best part of three years preventing any kind of deal from being agreed. Uh, you're now spending um, uh, the, the best part of the last two weeks to try to attempt to take power away from uh, the lawfully elected prime minister of this country. And what happens now, I guess, is my next question. Well, the lawfully elected Prime Minister of the country doesn't, of course, have a majority, partly as a result of him sacking 21 members of Parliament of his own party. So, to a great extent, he's brought this upon himself. I think what Parliament is trying to do is, first of all, make sure that the Prime Minister can't force us out, uh, force us out of the European Union without a deal. And then, as a Liberal Democrat, I would like to put this all to a test uh, in a people's vote to see whether people do, if the Prime Minister manages to secure a deal whether they support that or not, or whether, in fact, they prefer to stay in the European Union. I think that's perfectly democratic. I thought, that, like. I thought, I thought your party's um, uh, policy now was just to uh, prorogue Article 50, uh, revoke Art Article 50, rather, uh, and uh, do away with the whole idea of Brexit rather than actually having a second referendum. Our policy is that if, after the next general election, there is a majority Liberal Democrat government, in other words, more than 326 MPs in House Commons who are Liberal Democrats, Indeed, we would revoke Article 50. And I think in those circumstances, if we went from 19 to over 326, 
I think you probably agree with me that the, uh, the mood in the country uh, would have swayed uh, quite dramatically towards our position of uh, wanting to stay in the European Union. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but I think it's pretty unlikely that's going to happen, Tom. It sounds to me that even you, after the euphoria of Lib Dem conference, have realised that actually that's not going to happen. Well, and that's why our policy, until that happens, remains uh, securing a people's vote. And I think we're very close in Parliament to securing that. And the fact that the Prime Minister, as I said, has sacked 21 of his own MPs has increased the likelihood of that happening. Well, why won't you vote for a general election then? We are, you know, Mike, it would actually be in the Liberal Democrats' interest to have a general election straight away. OK, so if you go back to Parliament... Our poll, ratings, so, so. our poll ratings are very good, but of course it wouldn't be in the country's interest because the general election now doesn't sort out Brexit. All it does is it kicks the ball, you know, the can down the road for another five weeks and with no great, greater clarity at the end of that process on where we stand on Brexit. But it might change the arithmetic in Parliament. Certainly the, the six MPs that you've brought on uh, from other parties who would lose their own seats would reduce the number of MPs you've got. Uh, there's no, nothing to say that you'd get any more. Well, the poll would suggest actually we do very well, particularly in uh, uh, securing lots of votes from Labour voters who remain voters who are frankly completely confused as to what the Labour Party policy on Brexit is. So, no, we would do well, and that's what the polls suggest. But yeah, but country, your party... Hang on, your party politics on this, Tom, are entirely to stop Brexit altogether. You've just admitted that. So, I mean, forget about a second referendum. Forget about you getting into power. The Lib Dems do not wish to op occupy democracy and democratic land because you're going against the will of the people who voted to leave. Well, I, I, it's not exactly a secret that Liberal Democrats want to stop Brexit. It's not something we've been hiding exactly, Mike. You've, you've interviewed me lots of times and I've confirmed that. Yes, I but know. What we, what we want to do is to do that through a people's vote so that people can choose whether, in fact, they support the position that we adopt, uh, which we to remain, or whether they indeed support instead Boris Johnson's deal, if he manages to secure one, or in the absence of that, Theresa May's deal. So we want them to have that choice. If, as I said, a, a majority Liberal Democrat government were elected, then clearly in the country as a whole, the mood on this would have changed dramatically and uh, people would have been stating very clearly that they supported Lib Dem poli uh, policy of simply stopping Brexit. Well, yeah, I know, but, but we can't really... Yeah, but we can't... Well, we're not certainly not there yet, and so let's not talk about what might happen. Let's talk about what will happen. Uh, Corbyn is speaking now, demanding, I think, that uh, Parliament should be recalled. Um... Do you believe that Parliament will be recalled? Because practically speaking, that's going to be tricky, isn't it? Well, when, when I finish speaking to you, I'm going to walk across Parliament Square and walk into the chamber and say Parliament has been recalled and sit in it and okay. see what happens. Well, apparently it hasn't ever been suspended. It's well, a bit, it's a bit, it hasn't, it's it hasn't a... been suspended, so we will simply carry on where we were, uh, where we left off when uh, Boris Johnson decided... Uh, unlawfully to shut down our Parliament so we couldn't hold him to account. I mean, Parliament seems to me to be operating like Thomas Cook. You know, you promise people democracy, but then it doesn't actually happen on the day. You turn up at the airport and there isn't a democratic plane to be found. Well, that's what the, the role of the referendum would be if we secure it, and then people be able oh, to... Oh, right. Say, so what was the role of the last referendum? Not. What was the role of the last referendum? Mike, the last referendum was uh, nearly three and a half years ago. The polls suggest that people feel differently. Let's test that. And uh, if, if, in fact, they haven't changed their minds, then, of course, we leave the European Union. If they have changed their minds and a majority of people want us to stay in, I think it will be perfectly democratic to allow the majority of people to have their views.
Okay. Re Tom, reflected. Tom, as ever, great to talk to you. Thanks very much indeed. Tom Brake, Lib Dem Brexit spokesman. Andre, first of all, I've got to get your reaction to this. Andre Walker's here with us. Um, the Liberal Democrats should really change their name because they could be accused, I would have thought, uh, of uh, a, an offence against the Trade Descriptions Act. Hey, hey, look, you wait 200 years for a popular insurgency and the Liberal <laughs> Party backs Goldman Sachs. Yes. I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary. Why don't they just make Gina Miller prime minister? She seems to be the only person that knows what's going on. <laughs> well, look, Joe Swinson, remember, appeared on the TV recently and she said that uh, whatever way we vote in a second referendum, she will oppose leaving the European Union. John Curtis, who is probably the most senior cephologist in this country, says people have not changed their mind about yep. Brexit. But, Mike, I'd make a third point. People talk about a Brexit crisis. There's no Brexit crisis. Brexit has not happened. There is a crisis of remain. There is a meltdown. Tom Brake is on your show, say, and you ask him the following question. Why do you not want a general election, given you definitely win seats? And he says it's good for the party, but it's not good for the yeah. country. What he means is that he knows that this parliament, he knows that Boris Johnson is going to win the next election. And when Boris Johnson wins the next election, we're going to leave the EU. So he wants this lame duck of a parliament to continue in order to over override the will of the British people. Mm. That's a fact. It's and kicking he, the can down the road endlessly, and isn't he, it? And he cares more about doing over democracy than he does about winning the election for himself. Let's hear what Jeremy Corbyn has to say about what has just happened. The Supreme Court has just announced its decision. <laughs> and it shows that the Prime Minister has acted wrongly in shutting down Parliament. It demonstrates... It demonstrates a contempt for democracy and an abuse of power by him. And... The Supreme Court, therefore, passes the, passes the baton to the Speaker to recall Parliament. I will be in touch immediately to demand that Parliament is recalled so that we can question that Prime Minister. Demand that he obeys the law that's been passed by Parliament and recognise that our Parliament is elected by our people to hold our government to account. A Labour government would want to be held to account. We wouldn't bypass democracy. And I invite Boris Johnson, in the historic words, to consider his position. Yeah, well, Jeremy Corbyn wants to recall Parliament straight away because he wants to enact the law that's been passed by the Supreme Court. Well, I'm sorry, Jeremy, but you've got that one round your ears, mate, because all that the Supreme Court have done is actually to say that what has happened in the past was unlawful. Therefore, the prorogation that took place was unlawful. However, all that means is Parliament is not suspended. It doesn't mean anything else. So there's no law to obey, you plonker. Let's talk to Caroline, who's in Bath. Hello, Caroline. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I'm absolutely hopping mad. And me too. I'm furious, and I think the veil has been lifted. Yes. The establishment is anti-democratic. It's anti-democratic and pro-European. And Boris's support will rise. Yeah. 
And surely there are Remainers out there who agree that people acting on their behalf are going against the will of the people and it is a hollow victory. I think so. I believe, I still believe this, Caroline, and, and, and I think it's where we have to hold our only hope out for democracy, that Dominic Cummings and Boris Johnson once again probably expected this to happen and he's gained another eight days. He's eight days closer to October 31st than he was before Parliament was prorogued. I thought my only problem was not being able to decide who to vote for, the Brexit Party or the Tories, but I don't even have that chance yeah. because they've blocked a general election. It's outrageous. It really is. It's extraordinary. Caroline, thank you very much indeed. You're listening to Talk Radio. Uh, you know the number, 0344 499 1000. Andre Walker is here uh, with us. People are very angry. I can see from uh, the reaction on Twitter, people are calling the lines absolutely hopping mad, as Caroline is from Bath, about what's happened here. Mike, I've just come from the the, the anteroom, the gallery, yeah. to this show. I mean, people, the, the phone lines are ringing off yeah, the hook. I know. The point here is, look, we are going to win the next general election, those of us that believe in having a democracy. Now, it doesn't bother me whether you're a Conservative voter, a, a Brexit party voter, or indeed if you're going to vote for a Labour MP who is... An, who is in favour of Brexit. Any of those are perfectly fine. But, in truth, we're going to have a majority at the next election, but these lot don't want to have a general election. They want to sit in that parliament. Mm. Remember, they're, they're voting against any deal that's put in front of them and then saying they won't leave without a deal. That means that they are in practice in favour of Remain. Throughout this process, these people have not been honest with the British public about the fact they're your affiliates. They need to stand up now and say, we don't care about prorogation. We don't care about a deal. What we care about is the fact that we are so your affiliate that we will overturn democracy and rubbish the British Constitution. Disgraceful. It is absolutely disgraceful. This is Talk Radio. We want you to call us 0344 499 1000. Ollie Cole uh, is live for us down outside the Supreme Court. We've heard from Anna Subri. Uh, we've heard from Ian Blackford. Uh, a lot of uh, anger out there. Ollie, what are you seeing what are you hearing? Uh, well, I mean, it's remarkable. There are MPs uh, wandering around here. I've seen Caroline Lucas, Ben Bradshaw, uh, Munner is down here, Anna Subri, Ian Blackford of the SNP. And Tom uh, Tugendhat has actually already in the House of Commons. Uh, he tweeted uh, 30 minutes ago, we're sitting, and a photo of him sat in the House of Commons. So MPs uh, who were opposed to Boris Johnson's prorogation, which has now been ruled unlawful, very determined to get back into Parliament as soon as possible. Yeah, now, can you clarify for us exactly what the um, the ruling in the Supreme Court was? Because I'm getting some tweets here from people saying that Anna Soubry uh, is apparently saying that Boris Johnson lied to the Queen. I don't believe that that was said by Lady Hale. I don't think that was the finding of the court. So... They have said that the Prime Minister's advice to Her Majesty was unlawful, void and of no effect. Now, it's going to take a bit of reading, rereading, rereading and then interpreting whichever way you want uh, as to what that means for what Boris mm. Johnson said. Right. What it does mean in terms of Parliament is that the prorogation is null and void. It never happened. Parliament is technically still sitting. They may as well, Lady Hale said, have gone in with a blank piece of paper. Uh, so that is, that, that, that's the, the crux of the matter. The prorogation never happened. Boris Johnson has acted unlawfully, but then it'll be up to Boris Johnson to, I imagine, take how he wants uh, the, uh, the message of the Supreme Court as to whether he interprets that as he acted unlawfully in terms of 
lied to Her Majesty or whether the effect of the prorogation was unlawful itself. Yes, I think I think it's Supreme very much I think it's very much likely to be the latter, Ollie. Thanks very much indeed, Ollie Cole, Talk Radio's man on the spot outside the Supreme Court, uh, where there's a sort of shrieks of jubilation going on uh, from those people who don't believe in democracy, for those MPs who believe that we should have another vote uh, on whether we should leave the European Union. Maybe they'd like to suggest to the Supreme Court that they could pretend that that didn't happen either. Andre Walker's here with me. They've pretended that prorogation hasn't happened. They're sitting yeah. there... Uh, with straight faces saying to me and you and to 17.4 million people who voted to leave that basically uh, what happened nine days ago didn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really? But it's extraordinary. But as I say, it's, it's grossly dishonest. Remember... Uh, Anna Subri, you are right, uh, has said that Boris Johnson was accused of lying by the court. That is rubbish. Mm. Lady Hale did not say that. Here is the bone of contention that's going to confuse a load of people, but it's fundamentally this. Firstly, obviously, the government cannot shut down Parliament. But Boris Johnson says, I did not do that. Parliament is three bodies, the House of Commons, the House of Lords and the Queen. So the Queen comes to Parliament, admittedly not in person, and she agrees with the House of Commons and the House of Lords that there's going to be a prorogation. Yeah. Right. Now, the court said today that the prorogation is an outside thing. He says, no, it was all agreed in Parliament between those three bodies. Therefore, it is it is something the court shouldn't intervene on. Now, look, you can go one way or mm. the other, but the suggestion that it, within any of that he has been accused of lying is nonsense. Also, you wonder as well how it is possible for a Supreme Court to overrule the High Court of this land, and I mean by that the High Court in England, uh, which actually ruled that it was not unlawful. So it's an extraordinary situation. 0344 499 1000. Let's talk to Mark on the Isle of Wight. Mark, very good uh, morning. Welcome to Talk Radio. Yeah, hi, Mark. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Very, very upset, actually. <laughs> well, uh, same, uh, same me here. Um, look, Mike, I've never, ever phoned a radio station in my life. I've always listened to you and, and you know, and other radio broadcasters. I'm just a, what I consider probably an ordinary guy. Yeah. You know, I've voted all my life. I've voted either, I've voted either and conservative. So, you know, I'm ex-military. I'm actually a trained teacher now. And I'm just, I've just watched for the last three years as my vote to, to leave the European Union has been basically ignored. Yeah. And I... You know, for the last, say, 20 years, I've always thought, well, I've had a feeling my votes never really mattered. And finally, when I can actually vote and make a difference, same as the 17.4 other million people. And I'm just, I'm aghast that for the last three years, everything just is going down the tubes. I cannot believe what this court's done today. I know. And to me, it's a kick in the teeth for democracy. Yes, exactly right. And I predicted it, not because I've got some crystal ball in front of me, but because I knew that this would be their conclusion, because they, could, they couldn't conclude anything else given the way that this country is set up. And in some ways, I'm glad, Mark, that we're finding out precisely who does run this country, precisely who is in power, uh, but not ever elected. And I'm really, really glad that we now know who the real enemies of the people are. I mean, I, I watched <laughs> I watched the clip of Oliver Cromwell in 1653, yeah. you know, chucking Parliament out, you know, because they were tricksters, whoremongers, etc. And I feel this people now actually want to do that physically. There are many people out there so angry that, you know, we don't obviously want a military dictatorship, but that's, you know, we, now, we, since, since six, nine, uh, 2016, we've had the media, um, we've had, you know, the the establishment, the written media, everything against the people. And the people are, well, Parliament think they're sovereign, but I can tell you the people are sovereign in this country and we're going to make our, we're going to 
make our voices heard. I think you're absolutely right, Mark. Brilliant call. Thank you so much for making it and welcome to the world of talk radio because these are the people who matter in this country. Mark and his ilk. People who have fought for this country, people who have died for this country, people who have stood side by side uh, in military uh, fatigues working for this country who are now saying that this country is ignoring them. Andre, I think that pretty much sums up the feelings of almost everyone who voted to leave. Well, it absolutely does and it's motivating people to get into politics in a way that perhaps they didn't do before because mm. there are so many fundamentals that have disappeared. The problem here is, Mike, always remember that... Well, we were supposed to vote in favour of remaining within the EU. Yeah. We were supposed to confirm that whilst you and I will go on radio shows and say we're Eurosceptic, in truth, secretly, we were actually pro-European. And when we voted the wrong way, the establishment has thrown the book at us. Mm. But in terms of the second referendum that people keep talking about, look, we won the first referendum. There should not be a second referendum. There should be a second and a third mm. if they're going to go down there. And let's make it best of three. Because as far as I'm concerned, I don't see why if we win a referendum, they rig a second referendum, why there shouldn't be a third playoff. Well, there's no doubt whatsoever that the, the, the game is rigged. The yes. game has been rigged from the start. Absolutely. Unfortunately, they didn't rig it well enough in the first uh, election. I've just been watching uh, the Cameron years on the BBC. I watched it last night um, because I missed it when he was out the first time around. <laughs> And there's absolutely no doubt that the way that Cameron was preparing everyone for that day, that uh, day the referendum took place, was to, get, to basically give them enough um, sort of rope to hang themselves. They would, they would have so much doubt about leaving the European Union that they would vote to stay in it. And he couldn't believe it when he got it wrong. Well, I, I'm now in favour of that nine million that I thought was wasted sending a pro-European yeah. leaflet to everyone. Because remember, the one value of that, and it was worth nine million quid, because it said, we will implement the results. Yes. And so we've got a piece of paper that wasn't just written, it was posted to every household in mm. the land. That was worth the nine million quid on reflection. And we've now got Jeremy Corbyn calling for... Um, uh, Boris Johnson to consider his position. Well, Jeremy Corbyn yesterday at Labour Party conference voted basically uh, to have a Brexit policy which amounts to, uh, let's wait and see who wins and then we'll back them. Well, look, Labour are 15% behind the Conservatives in the opinion polls. So, as far as I'm concerned, look, Boris Johnson doesn't just want to resign, he wants to resign and have a general election, which is even better. Yes. But the idea of some government of national unity, which, remember what that is, every single party that lost will get together and overturn a democratic decision, the largest democratic decision in British history. In what way is that good? In what way are you being a Democrat? The problem with this whole debate, time and time and time again is the establishments are framing it in the wrong way we believe in standing up for freedom decency and fairness they are the people that are opposed to democracy they're the people that want to, they want to deny us a general election and they want to use denial of a general election to deny the result of the referendum nothing's more undemocratic than that and as people have pointed out about what tom brake said given that uh, he believes people might be changing their minds if that's the case how come the brexit party got the biggest number of votes in the european elections and sent the largest number of part of, of meps of one party to Brussels. Well, of course, Mike, there's another thing that happened today, of course. The National Crime Agency yes. said that Aaron Banks did not commit Believe a criminal offence. Believe it or not, I'm, I am, I think, alone in announcing that on the radio I think in that's this country right. because nobody else is actually talking about that. Well, Aaron but, Banks apparently didn't break the law. And, and will they exonerate him with the same fanfare with which they besmirched his name? Mm. Because the, the National Remember the narrative that everybody was happy with EU membership until suddenly David Cameron was stupid enough to have a referendum that was rigged by Aaron Banks and others. Now, the, the police, the National Crime Agency, the most respected policing outfit in this country, says that that is rubbish. Exactly. The election was not rigged by the Brexiteers. Remember, we spent so 
much less than the Remainers did. They had the whole establishment behind us. They had the government behind us. They had the Prime Minister. They had absolutely everything, and they still lost. Why? Because we don't want to be in Europe. Absolutely right. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, which thankfully is still independent, not ruled by the Supreme Court of this nation, which in the words of Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men, all you did was weaken a country today. That seems to me to be the verdict of the people out there, because of course all of the people, 17.4 million of them, who voted to leave the European Union, are still being stymied. I find it incredible that basically these people are talking about the Prime Minister trying to stymie democracy, when that is precisely what the Supreme Court has done. It's pretty much unprecedented for 11 judges to vote unanimously in favour of one particular thing. Prorogation is unlawful, according to the Supreme Court and Lady Hale. Coming up, we're going to talk to Alistair Campbell. Uh, he's going to probably tell me uh, that this is all about democracy. And suspension of democracy by the Parliament is different from suspension of democracy by the Supreme Court. It's a de- it is a hell of a mess, whatever you want to call it. 0344 499 1000. I still think the evil genius in Downing Street has a plan, though. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. 
The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Alistair Campbell right now. Alistair, very good uh, afternoon to you. I know that um, you haven't partaken of the evil liquor for a while, but are you getting the champagne out? Well, I do think it's a, a really significant judgment. And, I, and, and um, I think that the clarity with which Lady Hale, the, uh, who read out the judgment, the clarity in that judgment was really, really powerful. And, you know, I know it's sort of half in jest that you say that the Independent Republic of Mike Graham doesn't come under the Supreme Court, but we all do. And what Brexit was meant to be about was belief in parliamentary sovereignty and the rule of law. Well, what you've seen today is the rule of law. The rule of law is, is the, the highest court in the land coming together to establish whether the Prime Minister acted within the law in doing what he did and deciding that he didn't. Okay. And I don't, well, I don't think that's a particularly motivated thing. I think they set out the reasons why that's a legal yeah. judgment. Well, why on earth did the High Court disagree then? The High Court said that it wasn't unlawful. Well, that's, but that's the way our system works. I mean, you, have, you, know, you had one court in Scotland that said it was unlawful, a court in England that said it, that it was fine, and the Supreme Court... Uh, you know, and it was a very public, very open, very transparent process. And I think that, you know, what we've seen in the in the two months now since Boris Johnson has been prime minister, I think, you know, it's not as if people haven't been warning him, including people in, who, who were in his own cabinet, including people in his own party, including people who understand the Constitution. People have been warning him that he's been kicking, he's been riding roughshod over elements of the Constitution. It was probably always going to end like this. Now, I think yeah, but this is not the end, right. though, is it? This is just the beginning. Well, it's, look, the, the, I've said to you before, I think Brexit is, is, is really testing our institutions to the limit. But when you have a prime minister, and I honestly do think that, you know, it's, it's a sign of the abnormality of the times that we're in, that there's even any question that somebody, a prime minister who has been judged by the highest court in the land, to have lied to the public about his motivations, presumably... He has not been... No, that's not correct. He has not been judged to have lied to the public. He has been judged well, has. to have unlawfully prorogued Parliament. There is, nothing yes. in, there is nothing in the judgment which says he lied. OK, let me just tell you why, why I say that. He, the reason why that judgment has been made is because Boris Johnson was misleading in setting out the real reasons behind the prorogation. How can that they know that? Process. How can they possibly know that? Because they've looked at all the papers and because they've yeah, looked but, at all yeah, the... Yeah, but Alistair, unless you're in, you've been in the room, I presume, with the Queen when Tony Blair was Prime Minister, you know, unless you're in that room, you have no idea what was even said. You know what was... Be, you've been able... They have been able to assess the process by which decisions were made. And what's more... They probably did make a judgment about the fact that not a single person in Downing Street was willing to put their name on oath to a statement that said the reasons given publicly for prorogation were the reasons that were actually that were actually given internally. Now, yeah, because they didn't feel like they should. Because what difference <coughs> does it make if you're in a prime ministerial position and you have to go to the Supreme Court every time you want to make a decision because Parliament is blocking you at every turn? You then why would to. you? You don't have to go every decision. If you follow the... I mean, Dominic Grieve uh, was on the television just now. Well, he's he always on the television. Well, why shouldn't he be? I mean, this is... Listen, Mark, let me just say something to you. you. Part of the problem with our debate, part of the problem with programmes like yours, is that you've got your set opinion... and anybody That's not who true. Disagrees with it, That's not true. Anybody who disagrees with it, these 11 judges, barristers now are taking over the country... You bang on about unelected bureaucrats. Yeah. Dominic Greaves shouldn't be on the television. I didn't say that. You, 
I well, tell you, he's always on the TV. What is, what's, right, you okay. see, you're very good at twisting everybody's words, Alistair. You're the king no, of I'm, word twisting. So don't well, teach I'm, me any I'm, lessons. Yeah, listen, don't teach I'm me any lessons to about that. To you, I'm trying to explain to you why I think that what they did, what the court has done, is actually upholding the rule of law. Now, you, you, I thought, as a Brexiteer, believe in the rule of law. I know. I believe in democracy, Alistair, and I stand up for the 17.4... Excuse me. I stand up for the 17.4 million people whose views are being ignored by the state and by by the establishment. Yes, they are. They're not being ignored. And may I say, you as a radio host are part of the establishment. MPs are part of the establishment. Lots of people. This idea that somehow only the people who voted Brexit are not the establishment and that, that everybody who voted Remain is part All right, of the we've establishment. All right, we've got to let you go, Alistair, because John Burko has been found uh, and he's speaking for free. Is unanimous. That judgment is unambiguous. And that judgment is unqualified. As you all now know, that judgment is that the prorogation of Parliament was unlawful. Unlawful because it prevented or frustrated Parliament in the discharge of its core duties. And it did so at a crucial time for our country. The citizens of the UK are entitled to expect that Parliament does discharge its core functions, that it is in a position to scrutinise the executive, to hold ministers to account and to legislate if it chooses. In the light of that explicit judgment, I have instructed the House authorities to prepare, not for the recall, the prorogation was unlawful and is void, to prepare for the resumption of the business of the House of Commons. Specifically, I've instructed the House authorities to undertake such steps as are necessary to ensure that the House of Commons sits tomorrow and that it does so at 11.30am. I have contacted party leaders and where that has not been possible senior representatives of political parties in order to inform them of my thinking and to prepare the way for the House of Commons to do its work. Owing to notification requirements, with which I'm sure you're all closely familiar, it will not be possible for there to be a Prime Minister's questions tomorrow However, for the avoidance of doubt, there will be full scope for urgent questions, for ministerial statements and for applications for emergency debates understanding order number 24. Colleagues, I thank you for your interest. And I hope you will agree that the position is clear 
and unmistakable. Good afternoon. The position is certainly clear and unmistakable. We'll be back in the tent by the looks of things tomorrow because apparently a parliament is not being recalled. Uh, it is resuming. Uh, I know that John Burko's a stickler for English language, so he would no doubt be very happy to explain to me, to me the difference. But surely if you didn't actually leave in the first place, you can't resume either. But anyway, I'm just nitpicking. Here's what's happened so far. Uh, we've had Jeremy Corbyn calling for Boris Johnson uh, to uh, consider his position. We haven't yet heard from Boris Johnson as to what he will do. The Supreme Court has said that the prorogation uh, by Boris Johnson of Parliament was in fact unlawful. The Speaker has now called for the House to sit tomorrow at 11.30am, which pretty much means that Labour are going to have to cut short their conference because tomorrow was due to be the day that Jeremy Corbyn got up to speak uh, and give out his plans for Brexit and his plans for an election and his plans for uh, how the Labour Party is going to either vote, remain or leave uh, in the next referendum. No wonder he'd be quite happy to come back to London, I would have thought. Vernon Coker's here with us. He's a Labour MP uh, down in Brighton. You better get your train ticket organised, Vernon. Yes, certainly had, Mike. Yes, yeah, certainly had. That's absolutely right. I think that's the least of my worries at the moment. I think yes, so, right. yeah, absolutely right. I mean, an extraordinary morning, amongst many extraordinary mornings we've had here on Talk Radio. Um, what are you making of it all? Well, it is extraordinary, and it's one of those times where sometimes you're not quite sure which word to use. Amazing, surprising, unbelievable, incredible, all of those things. But it is, uh, I heard your interview earlier on with, with Alistair Campbell, and yeah. it is quite astonishing, really, that at the end of the day, the highest court in the land has, has ruled that the uh, government has acted unlawfully and the Prime Minister has acted unlawfully. And that is quite an astonishing decision. And actually, I don't think there was any... Uh, alternative but for Parliament to be recalled at the earliest opportunity which well, is tomorrow. I must admit I did expect this to be the decision of the Supreme Court mm. but partly because I didn't think that they could see um, more or less giving a green light to Boris Johnson to do whatever he wanted and I think if they had um, said that this was completely lawful what he had done it would have sent the wrong message and I believe that that's why they did it which is not to say that they're in, in, you mm. know in any way um, in, in a not independent and that they've been swayed by politics but it is just I think it almost a precautionary move for them to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again. But it does pour, pour, you know, sort of poise a lot of questions about the Constitution because I was watching um, a constitutional lawyer talking earlier who basically said we've now kind of effectively ripped up the Constitution of this country. Well, it, it's, it, I mean, look, there's, there's, there's some truth in what, what you're saying there. I mean, there's no uh, written Constitution, so often the uh, in, in Britain, which I think is a good thing in the UK, we, we operate according to convention, according to the normal ways of doing things. But I do think one thing that is particularly important within that, and I think it's something that we should be proud of as a country, which is the independence of the judiciary. And I know you said in that, I mean, if they had have found that the government had acted lawfully, I, I think that that would have had to have been accepted. And you can't pick and choose the, the court decisions that you agree with or disagree with. Um, there were uh, junior courts that made a decision and then there was an appeal process and it goes to the highest court uh, and they made their decision and we ha I haven't read the whole judgment and I think it'd be interesting for us all to read exactly what has all been said Mike um, to, to understand it but you know, it's the highest court in the land and they've come unanimously, which is the other point. Well, that's a bit unusual uh, as well, I'm told by very mm. many lawyers that I know. But what about this, though? The European Court of Justice is still the highest court in the land, effectively, even though it's not technically mm. in the land. So what's to stop Boris Johnson from appealing to them? 
Well, I've seen on social media actually that some people suggesting that's what he might do, but I think that would be, um, I, I think that would be a bit strange if, if he were to do that. I think, look, at the end of the day, you think? he's going to. Well, sorry. It, was all, it was all right for them to appeal to the Supreme Court in the previous situation where, um, you know, the Edinburgh Court ruled that it was unlawful and then the government appealed in the Supreme Court. Mm. Well, it's open to him, I guess, to do that. I'm not a lawyer or an expert on these things, but I guess uh, that's open to him to do. I'm just making the the obvious point. I think people out there and and people listening to to your show here this lunchtime would find it difficult to understand if somebody was objecting to the influence of Europe uh, in the UK and trying to uh, ensure the country leaves the European Union for him then to go to the European Union or the European Court. Well, rather. I, I would find it rather deliciously ironic, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's one way of looking at it, but I just think it would be a strange, uh, difficult political sell, I think that would be, Mike. Yeah, um, but listen, you know, I, I mean, people I've been, like you I've, would be asking him that. I've, I've been know. having conversations with people like yourself for about the last mm. two years, uh, and we have said on many occasions, we can't believe that would happen, and then it does. Well, that's true. Uh, that's absolutely the case. And it, I mean, I'm getting older, and there, I, you do get to a point where I keep saying I can't believe it. Um, but <laughs> there's sort of that type of uh, attitude. But the serious point to make is: there look, are a lot of a... angry people out there. And yes, I'm, there, I'm, there I'm are. I'm reflecting there are. those. I'm getting people yes. calling me up saying they've never yes. been so angry, hopping mad, absolute, know. Pr- uh, you know, disgusting state of affairs. People are not happy. No, that that is true. And. I mean, I, I do my street stalls in my own uh, constituency in, in, in Nottingham, in Gedling, and, you know, people do say that. But I, I get people... I, I mean, this is one of the problems the country's got at the moment, Mike, is the, the divisions are such that I get people complaining that I'm not Remain enough, I get comp- people complaining that I'm trying to thwart the democratic choice of the British people. So, you know, you, you do get it both ways. And I think one of the problems that there's been and, and one of the difficulties there's been in Parliament is how you try and... how we've tried and, and, and not succeeded in... in bringing people together and trying to find a way forward that brings the country together. In fact, it's got worse and people have become more divided, more angry and more frustrated. Yeah, and this has not helped. Today's developments have absolutely not helped. And tomorrow, you know, where we hear that uh, Parliament's Mm. been recalled just now there by John Burko, I mean, what is going to happen? Because it could be that Boris prorogues Parliament again, this time lawfully, because the strange thing about this ruling is that while it says the prorogation was unlawful, there doesn't appear to be any penalty. Now, normally, if you break the law, there's a penalty. Well, that's true, and I, I think this is something. I mean, we, again, we're going to have to look at this. But I mean, certainly, I think the, the idea of the prime minister considering his position is important. I mean, people listening to this uh, will, will know that there is a law. This we're all citizens of the UK, and we're therefore all subject to the law, whether you're the prime minister. Or, 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 or whatever your particular role or responsibility, and we all have to be accountable to that. And but quite as you say, what happens in this situation where the prime minister has failed uh, not to have uh, obeyed the law, not have, not to have, uh, have been consistent with the laws of the land? I think that, you know he will have to consider what that means for him, what that means for his government, uh, and I think that's what people would expect. That as I say, there are many court judgments, and many of uh, your listeners will have had the courts making decisions, both civil and criminal matters, where they, they they haven't accepted it. But that's why we have courts to make these these judgments. Uh, about the yeah, way but they've the never law made operates. this kind of judgment before, no. have they? And in fact, until no. the Supreme Court was invented by Tony Blair, they wouldn't mm. have been able to. Well, no, but that, I mean that was a development. The the the, the, the government of the day uh, felt that it was appropriate to have a UK UK Supreme Court that went through Parliament. The, the crucial point, Mike, is, is, is this this independence point. I mean, that's the point you've made in your remarks and, and the, the point I'm making. The independence of the judiciary is a fundamental tenet of any 
democracy as we see across the world where there isn't. And sometimes strange decisions are made, sometimes difficult decisions are made, or sometimes decisions are made like we've seen today. Or sometimes no decisions are made. Well, oh, that, that's true as well, but, but sometimes that, that you get the decisions where, that we've seen today where it raises constitutional questions, but the court has raised it, and then it's for the parliament uh, of the country, ultimately accountable to the people, to actually decide then how, how that's taken forward. And it's a difficult time for the country, um, but I, you know, I think that the fact that the judiciary has op- operated in an independent way sets a challenge for our country, sets a challenge for our constitution, and indeed for parliament, but actually we're going to have to find a way through this which you know, sounds pie in the sky, but brings people together, and that's the challenge for us all. It is indeed. We've just heard that Jeremy Corbyn has, in fact, called time on the Labour Party conference early, uh, so you have mm. permission to leave Brighton. Good news <laughs> for him, of course, is he doesn't have to stand up on a stage and make out that he is pro-Brexit uh, or anti-Brexit. Well, I, look, the, the, as it stands at the moment, we're all going to be going to London uh, either later today or early in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I think, uh, to be honest, uh, Mike, I think he was looking forward to making uh, his speech and putting forward the various plans that, uh, that he's got, notwithstanding Brexit. People yeah, have still... but he doesn't have an opinion on Brexit, though, does he? Well, he has an opinion. It may be that not everyone agrees with it, but he certainly has an opinion. Oh, yeah, is what is it? Let the people decide. Right, that's not uh, an opinion. What, letting the people is? <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, it's the, not the, an opinion. Well, what the Liberals have said, they don't want it. They want, they, they want a referendum, so there's a difference there. Well, but that, is a, that is an opinion, but saying I want the people to decide is not an opinion. Well, it certainly is, because you, you can decide that you won't let the people have a uh, uh, decide, or you can say... That's that also we're not be an opinion. Real- <laughs> no, well, you can... No, it's, it, that, it's, it's, I, look, look I, it's, it's been a very constructive interview. Like, like, one point I fundamentally disagree. Actually not to say to say what you think is actually an opinion. I disagree, but we could do this all day. Come and visit us in a tent tomorrow after you've had some opinions heard in the House of Commons. Vernon Coker there, MP for Labour Party. It is an extraordinary day. It is an historic day. Talk Radio is the only place that will bring you everything you need to know. It's on digital radio, it's online, it's on the app, and it's on smart speaker as well. 0344 499 1000. Let's talk to Charlotte in the Forest of Dean. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, hi, Mike. How are you? Yeah, not great, it has to be said, but still hopeful, still hopeful that there is a plan. I hope there's a plan as well, because I think what's been enacted today is just absolutely treasonous. Yeah, it's a travesty to, of justice, I think. It is, and to think that that, that, that absolute poison dwarf, um, Burko, is now sitting, pulling all the strings, yeah. to me, is, is abhorrent in the extreme. Um, it's certainly not think, what we voted for, is it? Well, no, and I'm sick to death of it because, you know, like everyone else, I voted to leave. Leave means leave. And I just want um, I, I just want it, it sorted. But it was obvious when they elected May and what's happened after that is, is that they have no intention for us to leave the EU. They're just going to keep... Um, you know, they're going to keep putting block it, uh, blocking it and, until we actually get fed up and, and, and then we put a load of Remainers back in. But Parliament is not fit for purpose. It really isn't. And that's why, let's, forget, let's not forget, that Boris Johnson prorogued it in the first place because the reason he had to do that was he was left with no choice because Parliament was basically evading the issue. 
Yeah, and I've always said that the Parliament is basically what I would describe as Vichy. It's it's a load of people who are pro-EU, pro-open borders, pro-common purpose, and they all want to stay in the EU, and they absolutely despise us. Even the MPs from Leave constituencies have all turned their backs on what the people voted for, and are now they've all gone rogue, and and they're, they're clubbing together, and they're basically saying, we are not going to give you what you want therefore we're going to make you stay whether you like it or not and they, 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 they've not thought through the consequences of this. No I don't think they have at all because we have to see a general election now, there really doesn't seem to be much of an option, we must have a general election and many of these people will be out of a job and I will be personally rejoicing at that. Vernon Coker, Labour MP was just talking to me, his constituency voted 55% to leave the EU, higher than the average and he's a Remainer yeah, exactly. And as I said, it's like, you know, we, I mean, at the Forest of Deep, I believe, but at least Mark Harper to has actually followed the, the party yeah. line on it. But other MPs in, in, in Remain constituencies, and I'm, I'm especially like the Labour Party, who are flip-flopping about not knowing what they want, and now they're saying they're going to sit on the fence over it. Well, that's not what a lot of the Labour Leave constituencies... And, and I think they are all terribly scared of, of a general election, yeah. especially Corbyn, because a lot of these northern constituencies that want out and are suffering the consequences of, of open borders immigration like we are, they're, they're just going to turn on them. And I hope that any sensible Labour supporters will be out. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You're just breaking up a little bit there, Charlotte. I'm going to let you go. Thank you very much indeed. We are just told that Boris Johnson is due to make a statement at roughly half past one. Uh, You'll hear that live right here on Talk Radio uh, with Matthew Wright, of course, who's coming up just after the news at one o'clock. And we will be on College Green tomorrow. So fire up the tent, uh, get the umbrellas ready. Uh, I'll be getting my gumboots out by the looks of things because it's going to get pretty sticky down there. Let's talk to Brendan, uh, who's in Hartlepool. Hi, Brendan. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Very well, sir. What can you tell us? Don't be, don't be despondent. I think this was a, a, a win-win for Boris. OK. If they'd ruled in his favour, happy days, they ruled against him. Now Mr Corbyn's calling for his resignation, and Mr Swinson is. Therefore, there's going to be a general election. What did Boris want? A general election. Well, that's very true. I do I, have I at the back... Of... Tom... Go Sorry. on. No, I was going to say, I do have at the back of of my mind, I have got this idea that the evil genius Dominic Cummings has got this all thought through. Well, perhaps not totally thought through, but they they must have known that the the remaining judges, which is what they are, would would might go this way if it came to court. So they've they've got nothing to lose. Like I said, if they'd they'd been found in favour, they'd have gone through. I hope Mr Cummings has got a superior... 4D chest planet with sleeve, but by the looks of it, gonna, there's going to be an election. Yeah. And, he's, and Corbyn's going to lose, big style. Yeah, I think there's no question about that. Corbyn does not win an election, even if he puts on um, a Tony Blair mask. You know, nobody's going to vote for him. They're going <laughs> to see through it. Well, he's also the lowest, the lowest leader of the opposition in, since rankings began, hasn't he? He's well, I mean, he couldn't he's... even get himself above Theresa May, who was possibly the worst Prime Minister this nation's ever seen. I totally agree. And I used to be a card-carrying Tory party member. Yeah. And when, when we didn't leave on the 29th of March, I cancelled my subscription and bung, uh, bung Nigel 25 quid. So I'm actually 
technically <laughs> Brexit. Tonight, well, I mean, that hasn't been spoken about yet. We'll get stuck into that tomorrow, I believe, because we will be down in Westminster. We will be on College Green. And here's one for you, OK, to think about before I read out this tweet from uh, Mr McCoy. Um, what if Boris doesn't get back in time for 11.30? What if he says, well, hang on a minute, we're in New York, we're at the United Nations. Um, it's not going to look terribly good for Britain if I just cancel all the talks that I was going to have about our, uh, our trade negotiations at pro uh, after Brexit, after we leave on October the 31st. If he doesn't come back, that could be one of the great kind of uh, sticking of two fingers up to Mr John Burko, because Burko is calling the shots here, and Boris could just say, eh, I don't think we can make it. You know, because we'd have to get a flight overnight uh, and we're not able to do such a thing. Uh, here's what Mr McCoy says. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn said, we wouldn't bypass democracy beyond irony, delusional and dangerous. Well, I have to say, this has been one of the most extraordinary mornings in a whole host of extraordinary mornings that we have done here on Talk Radio. It has been remarkable as ever. You have led the charge, the people of the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, calling in to the number which makes your voice heard. Because if the politicians aren't listening to you, I am, and we will tell the politicians today, tomorrow and next week precisely how angry everybody is about what has happened today and why the US, uh, the Supreme Court has got itself involved, mixed up with a democratic prorogation of Parliament which was done purely and simply to move things along. I don't know. We shall find out tomorrow where this all goes. Coming up next, Matthew Wright is here uh, from four o'clock. Eamon Holmes, of course, is down there in Brighton at Labour Party conference. You'll hear Jeremy Corbyn's speech. You'll hear Boris Johnson's statement coming up as well. Keep it on talk radio, the only place to be when we're in the midst of a constitutional crisis. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.